Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonya McQueen, with your mind, your body, your choice. A podcast all about life. The way you treat your body, the way you utilize your mind, your thoughts, your actions. Because we all know your thoughts become your actions. Your words breathe life. Um... You say things you don't mean and you try to take them back later, but it's impossible to do. So today, um, (laughs) me and a friend, a really good friend, were um, texting about bullying the other day. And the conversation, the text conversation got so deep because you guys, I'm not going to lie. I am definitely a texter. I am not... uh, a big phone speaking voice person. I don't know why I've been like this forever. I'd rather text you all day than to have a conversation. And maybe it's because I don't want to get stuck on the phone. I get bored easily with conversations. And if you keep me entertained or you keep me wanting to hear more about what you're speaking about, On the telephone, that's awesome. I feel as though all conversations could be done in five minutes, maybe 10, depending on the situation, but that's just me. I'll get better, you guys. I'll get better. So we got into a conversation about bullying, and the conversation did. It got so deep, I thought, you know what? I'm going to make this about my next show. So surprise, What for the second podcast I've done, I actually have a subject in mind already. You know, normally I just sit in front of this microphone and say whatever comes to my mind. But today, let's talk a little bit about bullying. So the conversation started when I was telling this friend of mine how gorgeous she would be with a very short natural hairstyle. Um... Her face shape just would, it's such an elegant, she has this eloquent look to herself. Um, you know, the tall and the the long neck, but not long like a giraffe, but a nice long neck that contours into just this, this narrow, it, it's, it's very model-esque looking. And I was saying that this person would look beautiful with this hairstyle. And um, everything she said after that was pretty negative about herself, how she wished, how her face is too long and narrow, how she was teased so greatly as a kid. And she started sharing all the, the things that kids would say to her when she was younger, you know, teasing and how even now, We're talking 50, 60, 50 years later, how it still affects her. And um, it just became a deep conversation about how cruel kids can be. Um, And I was saying that so often kids bully other kids because they were bullied at home. You know, maybe the parents, maybe they're abused. Maybe they're mentally, emotionally, physically, 
abused in one way or another or ignored or they have siblings who get more attention or they feel like they get more attention or the siblings pick on them or, you know, they have some kind of impediment or um, something they don't like about themselves. So they gravitate towards others and pick on those other people. And what is funny, and I've seen this before when I worked in a school as a a paraprofessional, kids will actually pick on kids that they admire out of jealousy and envy. You know, you have the pretty girl, I'm just making up something, but you have the real pretty girl, and then the, the girl who thinks she's homely looking, picks on the pretty girl because she wants to elevate herself while diminishing that pretty girl. She wants to mess with her enough to make her feel insecure, but it empowers her to say those mean things. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something that will surprise you. Adults do the same thing. Okay, maybe it didn't surprise you. But adults do the exact same thing. Going to give you a great example before I go back to the kids. In church, there was a lady. There is a lady. She still exists, but I don't go to this church anymore. But she's absolutely gorgeous. And she can sing. And her heart is is so pure and real. So she's loving, she's gorgeous, and she has a beautiful voice that edifies, you know, to the Lord when she sings. And in church, there was another person who just couldn't stand her. And I know for a fact she would speak negatively about her to other people. And one day, um, I was at church, and the, the, the sweet the sweet singing lady walks by and she spoke and I spoke and I hugged her and um, she was walking down the corridor and I seen the, the negative person hit the person next to her and like glance over towards her like look at her and they start laughing. So I already know you're in church <laughs> but you've got this negativity going on about this person because you don't like them. I want to tell you something you guys. You don't have to tell people when you don't care for somebody. Nobody cares. They might like that person. All you're trying to do is instill your thoughts into somebody else's head so that they can agree with you. But usually people who agree with you, who really, really, really don't feel that way, they're just doing it to appease you, they're going to do the exact same thing to you. So when you feel negatively towards somebody, Just keep it to yourself. You don't have to share that with anybody. If it's real and your reasons are real, I'm going to get to that too, a a real reason to not really care for somebody. But you don't have to go around telling everybody because all you're trying to do is stir the pot and bring people to your side. And why do you have to have a side? Why can't it just be two people who just don't care for each other or get along? But let me go back to the church people. So I seen her do this. I seen her do it. And, you know, they both start laughing. And um, the the sweet lady walks up anyway. And she speaks to them. And uh, the, the rude person who 
tap the other one. She has a scowl on her face and um, the other lady's speaking and she laughs with her and hugs her and walks away. Now, the the one I said has a great heart and she can sing and I, I've never seen her rude, never heard her say a mean word. She might have known that they felt that way, but she might have been the bigger person, you know, and, and just still went over there and act godly in God's home. You, you never know. But the point is, whatever that lady's issue was, wasn't apparent. Now, maybe back in the day something happened, but you're in the church, you're in the house of the Lord, and this is how you act. To me, it was nothing but jealousy because um, I recalled a time when they both had solos on the same Sunday. And when she sang her song, nobody stood to their feet. You know how when a song's real good, people stand up, especially in a black church, right? They stand up to their feet and they're, yeah, hallelujah, yeah, praise God, all that, right? Um and nobody stood up. Not to say it didn't sound good or anything. Nobody, maybe they were just sitting there letting the spirit work in them. Maybe they weren't moved. I don't know. I don't know. I remember she had a nice voice. I don't even think anybody in the choir stand stood up. But the other lady, when she sang, I'd say, and this is a pretty big church, I'd say maybe a third of the congregation was on their feet. Probably the whole choir stand was on their feet. Maybe that brought on some jealousy and animosity. And my whole point is, kids do it, yes. And sometimes you have to excuse the kids because sometimes kids just don't know any better. But when you get older and you've been through some things and you've lived life, you know better. You know better. You might come up with every excuse in the world to act the way you do. But at the end of the day, you knew better, you could have done better, you could have said better, you could have acted better, you could have reacted better, and you chose not to do any of the above. You chose to go low and stay low. And that's inexcusable. So back to the kids. She was teased greatly as a kid, and... Um, she was just saying how even as a grown woman with grown kids, how it still affects her to this day. And she re remembers vividly the words the kids used to tease her. And I was saying, I was never teased. I was never bullied. And I wasn't the prettiest kid in the school. I wasn't the least attractive either, but I didn't feel any kind of way about myself. I didn't feel that I was pretty. I didn't feel I was, I didn't feel anything about, actually, I was pretty hard on myself. That's not true. I, I didn't know why I wasn't pretty, but I wasn't hard on myself about it, if that makes sense. I didn't think I was pretty. But I, I didn't beat myself up about it. I didn't call myself ugly and I didn't compare myself to anybody else. And all my life, if I had a pretty friend, I expressed how beautiful they were to me. 
So I was never jealous of my friends. And I had a lot of beautiful friends. I had one in particular, she's deceased now, her name was Elaine Tyson. And Elaine was just drop dead gorgeous to me. If you know who Jane Kennedy is, she reminded me of Jane Kennedy when I was young. If you don't look her up, she was absolutely a gorgeous, beautiful lady. I think she was a Wonder Woman at, at one point, maybe the original Wonder Woman, I don't know, or Superwoman or something, but look her up. And my friend was gorgeous like that, and she came from money. You know, I t I, I'm honest about my upbringing. I grew up in a trailer park. I uh, grew up in a trailer, and my mother did the best she could. She was a single parent. Her and my father divorced when I was five, and she did the best she could for three kids. Um, but my friend, she had a house, they had a piano, they owned a restaurant, and I would stay the night with her a lot. And I just admired her beauty. And I don't even think she knew how beautiful she was to others. Um, she dressed nice. She had nice things. Her hair looked nice all the time. She had beautiful teeth. You know, I, I just, I guess without being, uh, you know, uh, I, I like boys, but, you know, I guess I had a crush on her. You know, she was just beautiful to me, but I had a lot of beautiful friends um, and I felt no jealousy. I just didn't think I was a beautiful person. And that had a lot to do, any bullying I had came from the adults who were supposed to love and protect me. You know, those are the ones who called me ugly and blacky and bucky and, and with your ugly self and with your ugly self, with your black self and, you know, things like that. It wasn't from my peers. Now, one thing about me, even though I wasn't a bully, and I wasn't mean and I didn't pick on people and people who were picked on, my heart went out to them. I even tried, I remembered at one point there was a girl and um, people did not like her. I don't know why people didn't know, like her. I really didn't know her, but people did not like her. And so I tried to befriend her one time and she was so nasty and rude. And the first thing I thought was, that's why nobody likes your ass. You got a horrible disposition. So I never tried again, but I never picked on her. Even though she was nasty and rude, I didn't return it. I, I Maybe she thought I was trying to be funny. Maybe she thought I was trying to befriend her just to set her up. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was middle school, so who knows? But I never tried again, and um, I let that go. But one thing I do know about myself, and I told you guys, I don't really remember a lot about my um, childhood. It comes back to me in snippets and tidbits. And if you don't remember what that means, it just means you get a little bit here and a little bit there. and You can put it together, but God will reveal a little bit here and a little bit there. And I learned that from my friend Paula. But... Um, I remember I wasn't a loyal friend. I was the kind of friend I could really, really like you. I could admire you. I could think the world of you. But if another friend spoke negatively about you, I would join in or I would laugh or I wouldn't defend you. 
I don't know if that was my way of just appeasing everybody because I wanted friends and I wanted the friends I had to stay my friend or if I just didn't know how to be a real friend. I don't know why I was like that because I wasn't like that by the time I was 17. But I was like that in in probably elementary and all of middle school and probably the first year of high school. But you know what breaks you when it happens to you? When you have a friend, you think that they are the best of the best friends and they have your back and then one day they don't. And you find out that they've said all these wonderfully horrible things about you. And it hurts you to the core. But all my life, I've been the type of person to think of what I've done to others. Now, whether I remember my childhood fully or not, that's one thing about me I know for a fact. I always think about what I've done to others and what I deserve. And I've learned my lessons. My 11th grade year, a friend I just was so crazy about. We had been friends, close, thick as thieves. You know, we hung out tight. We spent time. They stayed over with me. I stayed over with them. We were always together, just about. And somebody else was upset with me, and they were talking about me, and the friend joined in and laughed and talked about me. And when I asked about it, she denied it. But then the person who told me confronted her in front of me and she admitted it. And my feelings were so hurt. And it was probably the first time a friend hurt me and it wasn't the last time. It was probably the last time I let somebody get that close to me, though, to hurt me. Um, no, no, no. Because I had a really good friend I would have done anything for in Virginia who did the same thing to me. And then somebody I befriended here as a grown up on my own, you know, almost all grown kids who did the same thing. Just tried to get as much information, played friend to emulate everything I was doing. I wasn't hurt as badly with that person. I, I came to a point where I started expecting the worst of people. I am the type of person I don't trust you at all until I have a reason to. Other people trust you until you show them otherwise. I'm pretty much the opposite. I take you for what I see until you show me I could trust you a little more. And that is not good. Let me throw that out there. I wish I could be the other way, but I'm not there yet. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still growing but I am not a trusting person at all. I first meet you, I might like the energy you're putting off, but still, I just throw you in a barrel and you never know. I don't treat you or talk to you any kind of way or funny, but once you start talking about other people negatively, mm, my time spent with you becomes less and less and less. And I am the type of person to say, hey, listen, if you're going to only call me about negativity or to talk about other people, you're calling the wrong person. That really prevents and stops people from calling you. I've said that in other podcasts, but it is absolutely true. When I first moved here um, to Florida, I've been here since 2013, so this will mark 10 years I've been in Florida. Um, 
first year I didn't have any friends or anything. I just worked and took care of me and eventually got my youngest daughter out here and took care of her. So my first year, I really didn't have any friends. Um, I met a lady at, at my job who I still communicate with. I love her to death. Um, we communicate, but it wasn't until my third year here, I could say I actually started making friends. And that third year, I probably made five friends and do not speak to any of them anymore for the same reason, each one of them. They befriend you, you get a promotion, now they're talking about you because they're jealous that you got promoted and they didn't. Or, um, actually all five of it was the almost the same thing. I started my motivational monthly. Who does she think she is? Now she wants to motivate people. She's not licensed. Then, you know, um, I had walked away from my books. I wasn't doing any of that anymore. I wasn't doing any motivational speaking. But somebody introduced me to somebody who knew who I was from another, um, from a radio event I did and wanted me to speak. And she got jealous and upset that this person was asking me to speak and not her. And jealousy is so crazy. Jealousy will shorten your life. When people should be saying, I'm so proud of you with a, a smile from the bottom of their heart, emulating through their soul. They say it through clenched teeth and their head is about to explode. And the funny thing is, some of us don't even feel like there's anything to be jealous of. Nothing at all. There's nothing special about me. So what? I have my motivational monthly. And guess what? I'm starting it again this month, y'all. I said it last week. If you want to write for motivational monthly, just shoot me an email. Sonia.McQueen69 at Outlook.com. If you want to receive it, shoot me an email. I received a couple last week. I think I received four. And you're going to get it. But it is amazing. We all have our own calling. We all have things that we are here to do. But we get so jealous and so envious of things that other people are doing that we want to do that. I could do that better than her. So now I'm going to do that. And you cause friction when it's not necessary. When it is your calling, believe me, the right people are going to lift you and they're going to promote you and they're going to encompass you and they're going to speak life into what you're doing. But when you're only doing it to show somebody else up, you're going to get what you're looking for. Maybe it'll work out for you. I know somebody who just, they wanted to do what I was doing just to show me up. And they did an excellent job at it. And I wasn't even jealous. That's the crazy thing. I would have helped 100%. I would have thrown everything in to help this person. Because it, it was something that I was moved to do. 
And maybe I was moved to do it to help that person. Sometimes something comes upon you to do, and it's really not for you to do it for life. It's for a season. It's for a reason. It's for an outcome. And you move on to the next thing. And some things it is for you to do for a lifetime. But I would have helped that person freely. But instead, they were cowardly. They called themselves using me to gain information. And once they got all that information, they cast me to the wolves in their mind. But you can't cast me somewhere. Because you didn't breathe life into me. You're not who I kneel in front of. You're not who I speak to at night and wake up in the morning to talk to. You didn't bring anything to the table for me. You came to my table empty-handed. And you pulled my plate from in front of me and I let you. And you ate my food and I let you. Freely. And you walked away full. And you thought you depleted me, but you can't deplete me because you didn't breathe air into my lungs. You didn't put soil under my feet. You didn't put a pillow under my head. You didn't nudge me awake this morning and you didn't rock me to sleep last night. So you can't take anything from me. But I can give it to you freely. I can even see what you're on and still give it to you freely. Because that's what I'm on. Now, kids will be kids. Sometimes they're weak. You know, they they might see a bully and not want to be bullied, so they might try to team up with the bully. They might try to pacify the bully. They might be the bully. You never know why. It's on parents to understand what their kids are going through and help them. Not like these crazy parents I see nowadays getting on school buses, beating up little kids for their kids, <laughs> going up to schools, jumping on kids because they child got into a fight and got beat up or got cursed out by a kid or something. That's just ludicrous. That's crazy. Now you're going to jail because you beat up a 13-year-old. You know, that that's crazy. You never know. There was a six-year-old on the news yesterday. Of course, they didn't show the six-year-old. I don't know if it was a girl or a boy. I just know this was in Virginia. And this child went to school because they had beef with their teacher. Six-year-old pulled out a gun in class and shot the teacher. Now, I read that it was his mom or her mom's gun. What do you do with that? Six-year-old in police custody. Purposely shot a teacher. To me, that's parenting. 
Now, I've said in another podcast, sometimes kids are born evil. I never thought that until I started reading some of these stories about kids who at age two were trying to kill the dog and and threatening their parents at five and parents are scared of their kids and taking them to psychiatrists and and the psychiatrists are labeling them with all these issues. So I guess it's true. Some people are just born evil. But some people learn it. And I'm going to stand with the latter. And remember, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical person. But I'm going to think more kids are taught evil than born evil. I'm going to believe that some kids, if they're born evil, is generational. Maybe it wasn't their parents. Maybe it was their grandparents. Maybe it was their great-great-great-grandparents. And it's coming back through those kids. I don't know. But what I do know is this. Train your kids up, and that's how they'll be. I had to train myself to think differently, to act differently, to be differently than I was raised to be. Because I was raised with some serious hate. Now, I'm going to tell you what was great about my upbringing. It was very diverse. I was raised to love everybody. So to this day, I have friends of all kinds of nationalities, genders. I am an ally. That drives some people crazy because I'm a Christian, but it bothers them that I might know somebody who was born male, but they identify as female. So I don't mind calling that person her, she, because those are the pronouns she goes with. And I'm cool with that. It doesn't bother me. I could hang out with that person. That bothers some people. Why does it bother you the way somebody else lives their life? If it's not interfering with you. You know, I go home and I have friend from Germany. I have friend from Switzerland. I have a friend from China. I have friends here from Jamaica. Most of my friends here are Haitian. I have uh, a really close friend who is a Muslim from DR. I have a friend that practiced Judaism. I am open to everybody. If your heart is right, that's all I care about. You think I care about your religion? What's between your legs? what you identify as. I care about how you treat people, the words that come out of your mouth, what you edify, what you present to other people. Are you who you show you are? If I had to just stick with Christians, I'd be a horrible person because some of the meanest people I've met were in church. Some of the kindest people I've met have been outside of the church. And this is going to rub a lot of people wrong. And okay. But I know an atheist. 
we had one conversation about why she's an atheist and why I'm not. And at the end of that conversation, I still didn't quite understand. And I don't think I really gave her a sense of understanding the way I am, but we understood that we don't agree, but our hearts are loving, we're both kind, we're both compassionate, and at the end of the day, y'all, when she passes away, that's when she'll know whether she was right or wrong. Because if you believe in heaven or hell, and she doesn't die saying, Lord, forgive me, if you believe, She'll find out when she gets to hell. <laughs> it's not my job to judge what she believes in and what she doesn't believe in. It is my job to edify what I believe in, though, but not to pound it in her head like it's my job to convert her. So, you guys, I'm going to end this podcast right here just saying, if you have children, raise your children right. Love your kids so that they can love others. If you see... Um, signs and symptoms that your kid is a bully, they're mean, they're always getting in trouble. You got to sit down and figure out what that is. You can't just pass that off and you can't defend a mean child. If your child is getting into fights every week and you're, you know, you're defending, well, that person shouldn't have done this and that person shouldn't have, they're getting it from you. They're getting it from you. Change your behaviors, change your actions, and change your words so you can have a better child. So that they don't grow up like that because they won't be successful. I promise you. If you have a child that's being bullied, they're being picked on, go to the school. Call a, call a meeting. Have a conference. Even, you know, try to meet with the other kids' parents if that's the necessity. Whatever is necessary so that your child doesn't feel victimized and bullied because that leads to depression, suicide, anger issues, finding other people in other ways to release that, sexual uh, deviance, misbehaving, hurting animals. It leads to all kinds of things. But the depression can be deadly. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has a perfect home. I wasn't raised in one. And I've seen some close to it, but nobody's perfect. If you're perfect, you're an angel. And if you're an angel, you're not of this world anyway. So float on. All right. And if you're an adult doing any of those things I just said, smiling in people's faces while you're talking behind their back, talking about people to anybody who will listen just to... Get people on your side, smiling in your friends' faces when you know that you have an ulterior motive or you really don't like them. Cut all that out. Cut all that out. And if you're a closed-minded person, but you call yourself religious, go back and read the Bible again and see who Jesus dealt with. And then step off of your pedestal, get off of your high horse and be more loving, and more understanding, and more communicative. All right? Care about you all. Once again, sonia.mcqueen69 at outlook.com. That's Sonia with a Y-S-O-N-Y-A-M-C-Queen69 
Have a great day, everybody.